celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Talk Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk. Today we have Jared Pickstock. He is an experienced producer with a mighty and very impressive history of work in the broadcast media industry. Known in these circles for many remarkable qualities, whether it be his on-air wit or his never-ending support for the listener's experience, both live and podcast. Today, we will dive into exactly how Jared got to where he is as a top-tier broadcasting professional. With skills in audio editing, on-air hosting, radio advertising and broadcasting, as well as the more formal education, sharpening his media and communication abilities, Jared has been a pivotal player in the success that is Fletch Warren and Haley's ZM Morning Breakfast Show, most publicly recognized by his role as the senior breakfast producer. The team just recently took out the Best Network Music Breakfast Show at the 2023 RBA Radio Awards, as well as finalist nominations, not his first, for Best Podcasts and Best Producers. Having been the on-air personality as well as the technical producer, today he's going to take center stage with the mic. Welcome, Jared, to Tall Poppy Talk. Where and how are you today? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. I'm currently in New Zealand, um, a little town called Auckland. Um, and yeah, I live here and work here. It's pretty cool. And have you always been from Auckland? Uh, no, originally I uh, was born in Cape Town in South Africa. And then when I was three, we shifted over to Walfus Bay in Namibia, which is pretty much just a town next to a desert. Um, and then when I was seven, we immigrated over to New Zealand and I've just kind of been a shore boy, um, Auckland based ever since. I love that. And I think that that's something a lot of people maybe in more international listeners don't always appreciate is New Zealand is just a melting pot full of lots of different cultures and countries. And so I think that that's a cool background that I wanted to make sure people knew where you come, where you originally come from, so to speak. <laughs> and now one of the questions that I did send over to you, and I'm hoping you know the meme where it's like, what my friends think I do, what I really do. And yeah. <laughs> so when we think radio, that's also like, okay, it's something we hear, but then we're thinking producer. It's like, I needed to ask you, what do people think your job is and what really is your job? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I get you. Um, it's funny because when I like told my mates, um i was applying for the zm job as a producer they were like yeah cool like you've been doing producing that's cool but what do you actually do because we just assume you answer phones um like get host coffee um because i've always been in like the technical field of it it's always been like oh the mic's broken jared probably has to fix it which isn't like super far from the truth but there is a whole bunch more to it than just answering phones and sending out prizes and all that what I actually do, we have a phrase in like the ZM office, um, always on. So even when you're not in the office, if you see something, you're like, boom, always on. We can use that thing for some kind of content tomorrow. Um, so content creation and like content ideas are probably like a good third of the job. For me, uh, the rest of it's really like technical stuff. So. Um, a lot of audio editing and uh, sourcing real obscure pieces of audio from wherever they may come up in the news cycle. Yeah, mostly editing. I kind of run the logs, which is, uh, if you don't know, a radio station. It's basically a list of 
things that are going to fire off. Um, so like ads is one thing, songs are another thing, blah, blah, blah. So I make sure that the three hours our show is on is everything in the log is where it needs to be. If we have, well, we do have the top six every day. So I have to put all that production in, um, depending where it is in the show. There are a lot of calls to be answered, like during phoners, which we do usually do about two a day. I make the podcast as well, which probably soaks up a lot of my time when I'm not like doing the show, like during the live time that can take anywhere from an hour and a half upwards. And it's basically just listening to the whole day's show, chopping it up, removing the ads and songs and um, uploading it. That's, that's about it. A lot of meetings as well. <laughs> yeah. I think the phrase I always on is so applicable to you because even I, I'm someone who listens to the ZM podcast every day. I'm actually based in the States right now. So I'll like listen every day. And I even notice, oh, suddenly the podcast is like the little pod and then the big pod. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, that's probably Jared because it's also more downloads. He's thinking like, I don't know if that was the cause of it, but I'm like, that's so smart because there's lots of other platforms where they'll have a bunch of tiny and you're just clicking all the time. Whereas what I love about yeah. ZM, it's like, there's a big one, there's a little one, but that's like the business mindset of it too, because like you said, content creation, you're probably constantly thinking, oh, this could be used for the show or how can we pivot this? Yeah. And when you're not on, you're still on, but you start your day at, well, well before 6am. And I'm going to ask <laughs> you, I'm going to ask you about that later because crikey, but to backstep a little bit, could you maybe walk us through your career journey from the beginning? Because obviously I see where you are now, but how did you get there? So finished high school, kind of had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was working part-time at a supermarket as a checkout guy. And basically for the next like two or three years after school finished, I was just transitioned from part-time to full-time um, as a checkout operator and just really was brainstorming every day. Like, what could I be doing? That's not this. And then I had a a fair bit of good chat with a few of the customers and one of them was eventually just like yo man what are you doing with your life like i don't want to be rude but what's up and i said look man i actually don't really know what my next step is and he said well you talk a lot um you should check out like radio or something and a little light bulb went on and i was like huh that's something people actually do is radio yeah i'm never considered it like it's always been that big unattainable like, oh, they're on TV, oh, they're on the radio kind of thing. So I never really considered it. Ended up going to radio school for a year, which was pretty sweet. Finished that, volunteered at a small, like, local radio station where I did the drive show. That was a time. And then after that, I got hired at TAB Trackside Radio, which I don't think exists anymore because of COVID. But that was basically, like, the horse racing and sport betting station in New Zealand at the time. So I was there for about five years as a technical producer. And then after that, yeah, applied for the ZM job eventually and had an interview and somehow landed it, which was pretty sweet. And then COVID really kicked in three weeks later and I've been there ever since. Wow. I didn't actually appreciate the timing that you got in there right before COVID. I can imagine that really condensed that whole teamwork. And I know I alluded to that in another question, but I want to comment and appreciate how you're just super honest about like I left school and I didn't know what I was going to do necessarily 
but someone's like hey you like to talk and from there you chase something because I think often doesn't matter if we're leaving school or if we're 20 or 30 or 40 there's that pressure to know what your next move is but 100 percent like you've ended up in a spot that as I said I think you have the coolest job and for you to be like oh yeah I don't I just kind of took it one step at a time and then got there that's really refreshing to hear and hopefully can create some ease for people across the board I don't know if that's how you would feel looking back or if you felt pressure at the time is anything like that yeah like definitely when I was finishing up school everyone was having that oh what are you where are you going next year like what uni what's your next career path and I was always just kind of like oh man I don't even understand how you have an answer for that question let alone me and there was definitely like there's definitely pressure at that age especially with what your life's going to turn out like even though you've only been around for 18 years of it so yeah if you if you're listening and you're like man I'm 22 and I still don't know bro you got time <laughs> you got another x amount of years you can find something you love today and in a year be like oh okay I don't actually love it that much and guess what you can just stop doing it and you can like uh my dad is a good example of it he pretty much every five years he complete career swaps so like when i was a kid he was the boss of like a fishing port and then we moved here and he did stuff with immigration and then he, all of a sudden he was the head of football at my school and then he was doing stuff for fifa and it's just there's no logical path but there doesn't actually need to be if that makes sense yep i'm a big fan of that just as like background something that clearly interests me is radio and the medium in general and I came to the states for rowing for college but I came on like a sports scholarship situation and then I finished that up and I was like it's actually not really a future for me in rowing per (laughs) se um and I was like oh my gosh but I'm I've always really been interested in radio so it's like it's the ability to kind of have like a ambitious goal or to like for me to actually say, oh, I want to get into this space. How can I start? For me, it was the podcast. And I'm like, I really like talking to people much like you do. How can I create something that's going to sharpen my skills, put me out of my comfort zone? Because reaching out to people who don't know me and being like, hey, do you want to spare your time to talk with me? Like that was something that was difficult for me to do. But to your point, you can pivot at any at any moment and decide that you actually want yep. to try and give it a go and if it doesn't work all right no one's really paying too much attention anyway like we put yeah, that on exactly. ourselves yeah um, yeah I um I was I can't remember what I think I was watching Shit's Creek recently um and there was an episode where David goes to get his driver's license mm-hmm. and it was a light bulb moment moment for me when Alexa says David no one cares and I was like, oh my God, how, how have I hit 25 or 28 or whatever? Um, and that has never occurred to me. And yeah, yeah, so that only happened like a month ago, but that's kind of what I'm trying to work into my daily life at the moment. It's no one actually is looking at me. No one cares what I'm doing. It's that light bulb and that exact same phrase, um, Adam Devine, not Levine, the funny one. Um, I was listening to a podcast he did and yeah he the advice he gave was like nothing matters and he was meaning in that same sense of like if it doesn't work out that's okay and it was a light bulb I was like oh you're so right like give it a go and if it doesn't work 
doesn't matter you can try something new like it's that aha moment sometimes when it's pop culture and suddenly it hits us um I love Schitt's Creek that's a great show by the way (laughs) yep thank you almost finished almost finished now more kind of like technical questions so to speak but often there's like hard skills and soft skills and you mentioned some of them like the technical producing no one can just turn up and wing it you need to learn the ropes on that one but then there's more soft skills so in your role kind of specifically more with the breakfast show I do find yourself leaning on one more than the other and like when and why um I did put a lot of thought into that because originally when I read your questions I was like okay this is probably going to be the easiest one to answer but then the more I thought about it the more I was like oh god damn it this is the hardest one to answer because so much of my job is technical stuff it's all hands-on like editing audio or fixing something that's broken it's all like with your hands getting in with either know-how that you kind of figure out or have picked up from past experience but then I also can't call the IT tech department without utilizing a soft skill of communication or like, I think even though hard skills on the surface are my job, it's balancing them with those soft skills where, and I think for me specifically, the soft skills are the stuff I kind of struggle with. So like communication was something I've been working on for the past few years like actually replying to emails was a big first step for me and yeah like interpersonal relationships I feel like that to me that's a soft skill and that is also another thing I struggle with because I'd much rather just be in the corner quietly fixing a broken mixing desk but sometimes you need help and I feel like soft skills almost lean towards that aspect of work if that makes any kind of sense yeah totally and it makes me feel good actually that you said the question was kind of hard because I do put a lot of effort into them of like yeah. <laughs> when you're a producer undoubtedly like there's going to be a bunch of technical things that only you know and certain buttons that mean things but you're on live radio too for a lot of the time or specifically yeah. in dealing with like engagement for listeners and with the podcast that must be huge like I appreciate your answer is like um, both because I don't think there's many, if any kind of jobs or roles where people are just one or the other, they have to intertwine, I think. Yeah, exactly. Unless you were like a one man company that built, I don't know, timber framing and you, you made your own nails, you made your own wood, um, you made your own tools. I feel like that's the only way you could be, hard skills only but also I don't think that business would last very long if that was a real company a lot of the people I interview might be like in high performance quotation marks and we think about that as like Olympics and what I at least think is high performance is so much more broad than that and it's in our everyday life but without leaning too much on my personal thoughts how would you define high performance specifically in the kind of broadcasting entertainment field hmm um high performance for us or for me hyper how i know this is a tough one to word how i know we could be a high performing show it's like say i'm out for dinner on a saturday night and someone i don't even know walks up to me and says hey 
love love the show fact of the day two days ago was just hilarious that's how i know that we're a high performing show like they could show me a whole table and graph of all these numbers being like see this this is what high performance bro i don't i don't know what that means those are all just numbers to me it's when it's the like interpersonal like audience engagement like if we put like if radio station across the ditch posts uh a social media video and we look at it and it's got like ten thousand likes three comments and we post one that's got like three thousand likes but ten thousand comments for me our one did better if that makes sense again is it about that genuine engagement with the people listening yeah yeah like no one well i mean some people do but no one listens to the radio to to listen to someone if like obviously everyone does but you go into a radio station or to your favorite show with almost like a friendship with these people you've probably never met but and we the same way go into it at the start of the show like cool our best friends are listening we're on the phone to our best friends right now i don't know if that answered your question but yeah it's about the people and knowing they enjoy what we put out that feels high performance to me oh i love that that is if i was going to take a little bit that would be one right there from you <laughs> and it is because i have to almost remind myself like grace jared doesn't know you even though i hear your voice most days because yeah. that is something i think you and the team are absolute high performance there and something i want to emphasize is especially in New Zealand, we do tend to lean more on the sports as high performance, but we're high performing in so many other areas. And I think that, as you just said, perfectly describes it to have one of like the leading, well, the, the leading breakfast music breakfast show to be so focused on the audience. I don't think you get that in a lot of other countries. You don't get that in a lot of mediums period. So I just want to point out that I think that's absolutely stellar so thank you that that's <laughs> oh, awesome. like for example because i've got it's pretty cool i got a dual monitor set up at work so on my left hand screen it's always pro tools or my editing software but the other screen is 98 percent of the time just on the text machine so just constantly seeing whatever anyone and everyone is saying like scrolls past my face so we're always like listening and watching and trying to keep our finger on the pulse of like what you the listener like and want to hear and all that kind of stuff oh, wow. we care is pretty much it we care oh i love that and we like i said we will get into it but just hearing you even say that the always on looping back to must be so relevant because I'm like at 6 a.m you're already monitoring like all these different things that's crazy your oh, brain by, activity by, yeah by quarter past five i'm scrolling back to see what any text i might have missed from yesterday or like if our drive show got a text then i might you know oh they get lots of texts but you scroll past them you might see something stick out and you're like oh maybe we could touch on that for today's show or that kind of stuff yeah and that kind of ties back to that whole phrase of quality over quantity like you could get a hundred texts or you could get two and they're both really engaging and then you can make a break about it. Um, so making sure that you don't miss something is probably a big part of your job is 
having yeah. eyes on everything. Yeah, exactly. I feel like like the man in the chair from comic books. It's just screens everywhere, just keep it monitoring everything. Yeah. I'm really interested in talking to people who are tall poppies that I think are doing extremely well. Your field in particular, like, this is one that's really exciting for me is because I want to know, like, what is your experience with this term we call tall poppy syndrome? Tall poppy syndrome. It's like tall poppy is when someone someone just rises a little bit higher than the rest or a lot of bit higher than the rest. And that's when the other poppies get out the secateurs and try to maybe just bring them back down a little bit. I haven't been on the receiving end of it. There's never been anyone like pointing a finger at me, putting me down or anything, but I've definitely been on the giving end of it. Not like a Twitter manic uh, keyboard warrior or anything, but the recent Thor Love and Thunder movie, I didn't like. I was very disappointed in that. And I had some thoughts towards our Kiwi director, but yeah, I would never, yeah, I don't think it's good, but is it almost patriotic? Is it almost like we're trying to be like, hey, you're from here, you're now succeeding over there, but just don't forget about us, almost, but in a really mean way. I've had obviously a lot of time to think about it, and there's been a few different responses that have really clicked with me, and a couple that I thought of as you were speaking is like, because New Zealand's so small and we pride ourselves on being like kind of punching above our weight and being high performers, that we feel like that two degrees of separation. So when people are succeeding quite a bit, we feel that need to bring them back down to our humility, just to remind them like, Hey, remember how we do it over here and yeah. you're with us. Um, I'm interested though, too, because as you said, like what maybe you haven't received it per se, but I can imagine just being in live radio in general and being in a public space, putting yourself in front of people or in front of the ears to receive feedback. Do you ever have any like nerves or hesitation when maybe a particular topic's being discussed or a particular idea about what repercussions you might get? Like, is that ever a factor? There's definitely like, if we're recording a little pod for the show, there's definitely times I'll kind of be a bit like, hmm, I don't know if you should say that. <laughs> but I think that's as far as I'll go. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, you don't... It is, yeah. It's also so ingrained and embedded, I think, in the Kiwi, Australia, like, our culture in general, that that's why when I ask you to describe it, most people start with that same thing, like, oh, it's a tall poppy rising above the rest, but then you're like, well, I do it and other people do it. And I think it's good, but it can be bad. And I don't know, like eventually you get to the yeah. stage where you're like, oh, am I saying the wrong thing? Like, and yeah, it's totally okay. Definitely. That's that's why I'm asking the question because I think we all interact with it in different ways. And we also, especially over our high achievers, feel the need to make sure they don't get too big for their bridges. But it's also yep. in that every day. And what I'm cautious of is I don't want people to restrict themselves out of concern that they're not going to 
that they're going to maybe rise too hard, too high. So that's why I like having these conversations to be like, it's okay. And it might be a little uncomfortable for you to just sit there and talk about yourself for a good 45 minutes, because how often do you get to be center stage and me ask questions about you? It doesn't make you a bit uncomfortable. It's, I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but it's definitely something I'm not used to. Because okay. like back in high school, I was a, like a drama kid. So I would always try to like get up on stage and be the center of attention for a minute. But as soon as I left school, it, I very much retracted and just found myself way more comfortable behind the curtain, pushing the buttons, keeping things running as opposed to having all the attention on me. So it's definitely something I'll maybe have to get used to. I don't know. <laughs> Might be my last one. So who knows? Yeah, like in terms of talking about things on air that I might be uncomfortable with, like the hosts are pretty good at figuring or like just sensing when you aren't super keen to talk about or discuss something. I can't think of any examples for myself at the moment, but it definitely happens. Like maybe someone brings something to the table in the morning um, and they're like, a friend of mine did this, this and this. And then the guys will always be like, oh, cool. Do you mind if we talk about it? Are you okay with us talking about it? Are you like, it's obviously not like a regimented set of questions, but it's basically just a vibe check. Are we good to talk about it? If not now, are you good to talk about it in two months? Or is it just completely off the table? And you'll definitely hear, it's mostly Vaughn, I think, does it. He'll <laughs> he'll get right up to that line of, Ooh, ooh, stop talking now and then cut to a laugh in an ad break and it's it makes for some great radio like if he alludes to something that Fletch or Haley doesn't want on air and you can just hear in their voices that like no 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 and he just gets that vibe that you definitely pick up from him through the airwaves but yeah it's the show's kind of like a family so we all kind of know what buttons not to push um, what's all right to push the, yeah, we roast each other daily. So we, we've got good practice. Oh, I love that you've touched on that too. Cause I think teamwork is so clear and our family, I guess is an even stronger way to put it in regards to that sense of teamwork and everyone having a role. Did you naturally fall into those? Like, obviously there's more formal roles of the host and the producers, but those kind of, again, soft skills or nuanced things. Do you think you just landed in a really good mix or is that something that frequently happens between radio shows where that like gel occurs or is this something you feel like is a little bit rare in the ZM uh, world? I I think it's rarer than you would expect, to be honest. We're lucky with our team, especially because we all, like Fletchville and Haley, best friends. And then me, Carwin and Shannon, good mates. And then we've each got like links to the guys. Like me and Vaughn play Dungeons and Dragons every weekend. And Haley and Carwin and Shannon can, yeah, they've got their common interests. And we all have like, there's like a, a net of commonalities and stuff between us. And yeah, there's definitely been a few other hosts in the past that I've worked with that we've just immediately butted heads or immediately become like good mates. It's just like, how did you become best friends with your best friend? It's one of those type of situations. It's like, you can't almost quantify what makes it happen, but 
when us six people are in a room like on form and the zingers are flying like fun a lot of fun oh yes it's like i rode and when you said there's just people you gel with there's the little coxswains sometimes that yell and tell us what to do they do more than that but in essence that's what they do and yeah there'll be some where you just get in the boat and you're like your voice irritates me and they can't change that that's just what it is and then there's others where you're obviously working hard but for some reason if a boat gets in sync with each other it's like it becomes almost effortless because you're working so cohesively that it's like yeah we're working really hard and we have this one goal in mind but oh my gosh, I'm actually having fun because we're going fast. Like, as you said, zingers are flying. People are laughing. Like, you're all doing your job. But yeah. it's just sometimes that dynamic of people allows you to do it in, like, such a joyful way. Yeah. And, like, but also in the same vein, like, sometimes all six of us get to work and we're the same people the same day of the week as it was last week. But, oh, like, we just don't have it that day. And then usually by the time six o'clock rolls around, someone's thrown some sass and we're all back in the groove. But there are days where it's hard. Like it can be a struggle to make great content. It'll be like been out partying the night before, you're on two hours of sleep and then your alarm goes off and it's the voice of that coxswain you don't like. It's, you're just like, oh, but end of the day, you, you're friends with them, you know? I, I used to say to myself when I'd get up at like, 4 30 or something and you must that's a constant for you but I'd always tell myself like in five minutes you'll be okay like just get up get moving and it sounds like by the time six o'clock rolls around you're like I'm good but sometimes those mornings are difficult where you're like I just don't want to and I need to be performing because as you said it's high high performance so you're like oh I can't just turn up because there's people relying on me like so many people of those early birds you know are waiting for like six to turn around and then yeah they're getting their boost for the day so that's such a kind of unique cool gift that you get to give other people is you're what starts their day and so you're like oh I need to be switched on yeah exactly exactly can you recall any times when you've had to deal with challenging challenging situations live and this can be as fun or as serious as you want it to be but any like notable ones that stick out at my last radio gig, um, every Sunday I produced a talkback show, which comes with a whole set of challenges on its own. But one day we had this dude call up who seemed fine when I was like just checking what he wanted to talk about. And then as soon as he got onto air, just the most horrific stream of profanity just erupted out of him. And there's like a few things you need to do. You need to turn his telephone line off. You need to hit the dump button, which dumps X amount of time from the broadcast. And like, it, it's hard to explain, but they extend silences and shorten silences and then cover bad things. It's, I don't particularly understand it, but that, that was a rough day. Um, a lot of complaints that day. A fun fix was we were doing a outside broadcast in a studio in I think it was Christchurch and I set up the studio and the broadcast, everything was perfect. And then 10 seconds before our mics went on, Fletch plugged in his headphones and it blew a fuse in his headphone box and basically set the whole studio like on fire. There was smoke just gushing out from under the desk. 
so yeah we broadcast outside the studio that day so i had to like dig through a tech cupboard i was not familiar with find like all the right cables and basically like duct tape an extension cord to make the mics reach an extra like 100 meters out the building and then yeah we broadcast from outside on the street that day which was wild <laughs> oh my was that recently um i think it was two two and a half years ago maybe that is crazy. Did you find though, like, um, cause you are into the Dungeon and Dragons kind of action world. Was that like, whoa, step back my time. Let me do my thing. Like this is, <laughs> this is the moment I've been waiting for. Or was it just stress? Um, at the time it was a lot of stress, but like when I think back at it, I'm kind of like, man, I really took charge there. And I think I enjoyed just fully bossing everyone around in that moment. Cause like, when something like that happens, there's me trying to fix it. And then there's two or three other people like asking me questions or telling me to fix it. So there's a lot going on. So in that, on that particular day, I basically told everyone to leave. I was like, everyone out, um, you three go on the road, other producers, you call this person and this person. And I was just like directing crisis management. And that was pretty fun. But at the time, man, I was shitting myself. Oh, sorry, swearing. But I was stressed. That is quite all right. That does sound very good. And it's like that fight or flight reaction or freeze. And in that instance, all that training, all those hard skills and soft skills, looping back to that question, kicked in because yep. you had the hard skills of, I know how to extend this and get this and what I need out of the technical side of it. But also those soft skills to be like, everyone just shut the hell up like get out yeah. <laughs> let me do my thing because you're unless you know leave yeah. um and I think that that probably would have been as stressful as it was at the time a very good learning curve because now you're like oh if someone's mic goes out you're like that's nothing yeah we broadcast exactly. off the street that time <laughs> yeah <laughs> we interviewed the firefighters like it was a good show that day as well yeah that's content yeah. creating like on the, yeah. on the fly wow we mentioned it before but talking about clearly being a morning person and I I know I think with that Sunday show you did right the talk back even that was early in the morning was it um so that talk back one was later in the day but before that because that was just part of a shift so back in those days I would run like five shows during my shift as a producer so the first thing I did on a Sunday back then was host my own like weekly wrap-up show and then produced a bunch of others early morning chatting is hard <laughs> on a sunday morning as well sunday morning yeah Good half the time you. pretty hungover but we we made it work <laughs> those are those are um what's it like quality those are character building moments that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well even so identifying as an early bird just given your schedule in life and you've opted into it but uh, for a lot of people early mornings just seem like they're like I can't function or for other people they're late night whatever it is what strategies do you implement to manage the workload and honestly sleep deficit of constantly being always on first thing in the morning yeah it took me a while to kind of figure it out once I started but I'm not really one for like laying out my clothes the night before, but it, this job really made me turn into one of those people. So like any given day, I might finish work around noon and then I'll go home and just not 
even open my emails or do any kind of work related anything until two or three and then that's when i'll be like okay this morning's done it's time for afternoon work i'll spend a few hours doing all the email stuff and like show prepping and then as soon as that's done laptop shut phone's muted um it's just my time with my partner or cooking dinner or whatever and then as soon as it hits 8 30 that's when i'm like okay fun's over <laughs> get all my clothes out for tomorrow make sure all my uh like headphones laptop everything is in the bag i had to start setting a real specific place for my keys because the amount of times it got to like two minutes before i needed to be out the door and the keys are just nowhere to be found and if you've ever tried looking for something when someone else is asleep in the house it's impossible. You can't do it without waking them up. It's impossible. So yeah, I guess regimenting myself a bit and giving myself not a set lunch break, but like a set, I work from here to here and then from here to here and then a little bit more here to here. And that gave me some semblance of control over um, the life I was living. I guess just turning stuff that was Oh, I'll do that when I get home or I'll do that at some point this afternoon becoming or making that become three o'clock go to the gym four o'clock sit down two o'clock maybe have a sandwich but it's always at the same time for this yeah it's really set there's another radio host who's been in the game for ages and he has whatever the time is he locked basically locks himself in his office and his kids not allowed to come in not allowed to interrupt no matter what between 4 and 5 30 because that's his time to prep for tomorrow like we live such chaotic crazy schedules that this it sounds boring but four o'clock is work time three o'clock is chill time it really makes a difference the other element you're adding into your work day is like between six and nine or nine thirty in the morning you're live so it's not like you yeah. get to kind of think about it you need to be ready to go because those that block is like high performance and that's often yeah. how I think of high performance is being able to perform when you need to perform wherever you need to perform it's not just having the skills it's being able to execute them when necessary so it sounds like in order to make sure you're firing on all cylinders during that time you do need to implement those steps otherwise especially when sleep is involved um i can imagine that it would spiral pretty quickly if you didn't keep a yeah keep a tight lid on it i have to ask too i'm personally um i'm a proud energy drinker like energy drink supporter (laughs) and a lot of people are like grace it's terrible for you but i'm like no it's great vitamin b um are you still hooked on like red bulls i remember that was a thing yeah. for a while yeah okay yeah um i think i kicked the habit for like a month last year but then i don't know holidays started and i was like oh back into it so yeah still um breakfast for me is a ice cold red bull and then food later yeah it's like there are worse vices is how I've justified it five years ago my breakfast was a pie a cigarette a red bull a big red bull and I don't know a chocolate bar like I was not the picture of health five years ago I'm still nowhere near the picture of health now but it's 
little steps, man. <laughs> Cut me yeah. some slack. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I knew I was amongst good company if I would ask that. My go-to, they don't have, um, they don't have V here, but I love V when I was in New Zealand. So. Oh, good. Yeah, right. I've, I've gone towards um, Monster. Not any Monster. It has to be like this white Monster. It's like the lady one or uh, Celsius. <laughs> okay. I don't know Celsius, but yeah, definitely oh. dabbled in Monster back in high school. Oh, let me show you. Um, This is what a Celsius oh, looks like. Yeah. It's some great product placement. Yeah. Th- thank you. Not <laughs> endorsed. It's going to make its way to New Zealand, but these are bad because they look kind of like nice. So yeah. Just saying. It almost looks healthy. Yeah. It does. There's, there's fruit on it. <laughs> you know, I just needed to ask you that to justify my habits. Now, <laughs> it wouldn't be right to not bring up in some capacity Dungeons and Dragons, even though you've already managed to find it. I managed to crowbar it in any, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere you can. Um, often being made fun of, obviously, on air, but yeah. <laughs> it is a creative outlet and it's a team building activity. So, do you think like games and activities, in your case, it's Dungeons and Dragons? Are they helpful for you, given your schedule of like this really creative outlet that you can explore? Definitely. Like it's part of it's definitely the creative outlet, but it's also the fact that I'm just completely escaping the real world. Yeah, because me and Vaughn and we have a group that plays pretty much every week or every fortnight. And for those four or five hours, I'm not me. It sounds so nerdy and so dumb, but it you can't explain that feeling of, okay, this room I'm in now is a completely different world. I'm talking to my friends, one's in England, one's in Wellington, one's in Hamilton. It's We're playing a game that's based around magic, but the game itself has a magic to it. Like, man, I'm so aware of how nerdy this is sounding. <laughs> yeah, it's... For me, it's a great way to just release some of the creative juices that I don't get to flex for work. It's like a storytelling element. It's uh, chatting with friends. It's basically a radio show or a podcast, but we're playing it. And I know what's happening at the end, but the other guys don't. And there's a mystery to it. It's because these were okay. So I'm I'm sorry, this is going to become a long podcast now. So when I started at ZM, something about me is I've always struggled to uh, like merge with an existing friend group or make new friends myself. So starting at ZM was hard, obviously, because I left all my old trackside friends. There's all these new people. Most of the office are now female, whereas my last workplace, I think there was two girls in the building. Yeah, lockdown happened, so I couldn't hang out with any friends. Like, it was a really isolated time. And then one day I, during the show or off-air, Vaughn mentioned something about D&D, and I was like, oh, I play that. And boom, all of a sudden, I've got plans this weekend. I'm hanging out with Vaughn to help him make a character. He's introduced me to his three best friends, who are now, like, my three, four best friends. We went on, like, a river kayaking week-long trip. We went down to wellington for johnny stag too like it's it starts off as a game and just all my books over there but it turns into like lifelong friendships and again 
so nerdy and cliche, but it actually does. It's like those little, or like fan pages. People meet through a fan page and they bond over their love of Taylor Swift or Harry Potter or something. And that's a lifelong friendship. D&D is the exact same. It's just we're a little bit nerdier during the process. Thank you. And I fully endorse and support it. I'm not going to get involved. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the closest I could get is uh, Catan, sometimes called like colonist, depending where. I love it. Like me and my mates during, again, COVID in particular, we would buy the expansion packs. We would be at it. Yep. Like, whole days you would get in arguments you're like I swear if you don't trade your wheat with me like (laughs) we are done we're done Um, we're absolutely done then we start playing it like now they've moved away we play it online those are the things that I think often get underrated but it is a creative outlet you get to employ different sort of like skills in your mind like you said you you're planning things you're communicating so I love that and I really wanted to touch on it because it is something that people take the piss out of even like you guys all seem to but I'm like no there's something there that seems that maybe actually means something so I appreciate you sharing that yeah definitely and like I think it's the one possibly the one good thing that's come from a global pandemic is all of a sudden it doesn't matter that your best friend lives on the other side of the world you can still play your favorite game together which is to me that's amazing like I could leave the country tomorrow and live in Antarctica, and I could still play D&D on Saturday night with the boys. What are Saturdays for? Like, that's... <laughs> exactly. Not to get all philosophical, but it's easy, as I say, it's easy to often look ahead, and we're thinking about the next goal, rather than reflect on all the accomplishments and things that you've done. So, given your success in a highly competitive field, is there any advice you'd give younger Jared or ambitious up-and-comers? Specifically for younger Jared, take a breath. Like, breathe in, breathe out, count to five, whatever you need to do, just chill out a little bit. You're taking your path. I roll my eyes as I say it. Um, You're taking your path and look, eventually you'll get where you're going. You don't need to start running. Yeah, you'll get there, man. You'll get there. And for up-and-comers, radio specifically, I guess. I think the best way to get a job in radio isn't necessarily to go to radio school or broadcasting school or whatever. Just send whoever you can or whoever you know at the station an email. So if you know the host, it's usually the host name at station.co.nz. You could send one right now and say, hey, I'm a big fan. I'd love to sit in and watch. Nine times out of 10, we'll say, yeah, come in like sit in for an hour or two. And then what that does is it opens the door and you've suddenly met these people. You can suddenly be like, hey, also, I'm actually looking for part-time work if you need anyone for the promo team or anything. That's it's not how I did it. It's definitely how some other people in my radio school did it. And yeah, they got to ZM like five years before me. So that might actually be a better way to do it than I did it. But raise your hand for anything any kind of especially if it's extra work it's hard to show show off yourself in radio because there are some loud voices out there so being a quiet person quiet hard-working person does pay off and being a loud hard-working person also pays off obviously yeah put your hand up for everything stick at it if it takes 
longer than a year, don't give up, which I think a lot of my radio school class, there were 30 of us, three of us got jobs afterwards. So yeah, keep at it, like stick at it. It's hard to get into this industry. Try not to burn your bridges is another one. The amount of times you'll leave a station and then five years later go back, it's a lot. I guess it just boils down to reach out and make yourself available, I guess, and work hard. That's very good. And I was, I, I'm <laughs> avidly listening because clearly like that's something I've demonstrated to you. I want to be in this space at some point, but sometimes it seems like such a big hill to climb. You're like, there's no way, but something I really want to thank you for and take a moment to appreciate is like, I just reach out to you and you're like, oh yeah, of course. Like, and we have this back and forth. I'm like, he's so busy. Like as he's just described, seriously chock a block from the start of the day to the end of it. But you've found time to spare like an hour with me. And that's something that I really appreciate. And I was a little bit surprised that you were so keen to get involved. Oh, so oh. <laughs> I was surprised that someone wanted to interview me. So that <laughs> goes both ways, I guess. Yeah. I relate things back often to sport. Have you told someone like, oh, you want to try like make an elite team and you only tried for a year and then, oh, surprise, you're not in an elite team. Of course you're not. People yeah. work like Emma Twig, the rower. It took her four Olympics before she got the gold. Like, and yeah. you can think like, oh yeah, well, she got the gold. That's a long freaking time to keep at something and just to keep at it. And that's why something even more nuance and lucrative that is radio it's like there's no world record times you can compare to like you said it's soft skills there's so many hit moments or there's not whereas in sport at least you can kind of have a training regime and compare yourself yeah. so I can just acknowledge like yeah give yourself time and that's something I'm gonna really listen to and also um because I completely forgot this in my backstory but in my first year at Trackside, the racing station, I interviewed for the same job I've got now, but didn't get it. And then five years later, the same job application came up and I did it again. And that's how I got this job. So like, even if you don't get it the first time, just keep trying to level yourself up. Um, I think I emailed Ross when he called me and told me I didn't get it. And I was like, hey, what can I do to get it next time? And wow. yeah, he told me just various things and I worked on it and eventually got it. That is quite literally the most perfect example. So thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I love that. That's And again, like you could think, oh, yeah, five years. Yeah. And when you look back on your life, that might not seem like a lot, but it's a heck of a long time between attempts to do something and it does pay off. You just have to yeah. give yourself that time and grace. Uh -huh. Um. <laughs> to, to to do it wow and speaking of time because I am conscious of it for you the last question I have is if you had to have just one meal for the rest of your life breakfast lunch and dinner what's it gonna be question so if I say <laughs> if I were to say burgers or pizza does it have to be one specific or can it just be the cuisine I've decided it can be the cuisine Okay, in that case, I'm going to say neither, and it's definitely lasagna. 100% lasagna. Wait, yep. why did you ask those two if you knew lasagna? Because I was originally going to say a burger, and then 
as you were answering, the big slab of cheesy layered pasta meat goodness popped into my head, and there it is. And away we go. Okay, sub question. If you had to be gluten-free or dairy-free, which would it be? Gluten-free. I love cheese. Right? I love cheese. Yeah, it's yeah, a tough definitely one. gluten-free. I think that's something I'm often grateful for every day, and my affirmations is like, you can eat dairy and gluten. Those poor <laughs> bastards who can't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jared, seriously, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to say or something you felt like we missed? Um, no, that was that was pretty comprehensive, I think. I can't think of anything else to add. Perfect. No, you absolutely nailed it. Like I said, selfishly, I've gotten so much from this conversation. I always do, but <laughs> thank you for your time and just sharing everything very honestly and authentically. It means a lot. No worries. I um, quite enjoyed that. And when I received your initial message, I was very much like, I think she's emailed the wrong person. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't consider myself at all, at all a poppy or anything, but no, it was good chat. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Isn't that crazy though? Because I, when I read that response from you, I was like, this is exactly it. Like in my mind, and you don't know <laughs> these things until I tell you or, in, and I'm one of many who would think this about you. So if anything, I hope you have like a serotonin boost as you walk about your day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just hope you have a wicked day, a wicked week and really enjoyed talking to you. No, right back at you. Yeah. That was the best podcast interview I've ever done. Okay. It was the only (laughs) one, but I'll take it. (laughs) No, I really enjoyed that. Um, that was cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Tall Poppy Talk. We'll see you next time. Feel free to check us out on socials, YouTube and the website. Thanks for today's guest and we'll see you all next time. Take care. Be kind.